You're listening to Rebel 5, an interactive interview podcast with alumni, past and current parents, and friends of Roncalli High School. I'm your host, Gary Armbruster, Director of Alumni and Corporate Relations at Roncalli, and each week I will ask our guests five questions regarding how their lives have evolved and how key connections of experience, opportunity, and alumni networking have propelled them to where they are today. We'll talk challenges, how to overcome challenges, and what they've learned along the way. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us today with Rebel 5 Podcast. Today's guest, we're thrilled to have. He is the head of the Industrial Technology Department at Ron Colley. He's been here for 53 years. He attended Lane Technical College in Indiana State. He is married to the lovely Mary. The couple have three kids, 13 grandkids. You can't do a podcast about the history of Ron Colley High School without interviewing Mr. Jim Ratliff. Jim, thanks for being here today. We appreciate you being here. It's an honor to be here. 53 years. You are one of two people who have bridged the gap between Chartrand and Ron Colley High School. Right. I've asked everybody so far about their first job. Mm-hmm. So tie in maybe your first job that you ever had with some of the things you learned and maybe some of the things that you took from that job that you use today. Well, I think um, in looking back, the first real job I had, uh, I was a paper boy. I think I learned, uh, had some business experience there. Um, on Saturday mornings, I would uh, go around and collect my 35 cents from each from each customer uh, for that weekly weekly paper. But I did that. I did that for a number of years when I was when I was much younger in grade school and early high school years. Um, was it a morning paper or an uh, afternoon? Oh no, it was an afternoon okay. paper. It was an afternoon paper. So I would after school, uh, grade school, and then the beginning. I think my freshman year of high school, uh, I would uh, I go down, pick up my papers, and uh, deliver my route. So I did that. Um, gee, along the along those same lines, uh, I had a lawn mowing service. I also had a, a, a leaf raking service. <laughs> so uh, back then, uh, Dad didn't uh, open up his wallet and give you a dollar because <laughs> there wasn't a dollar to give. Right. So uh, we had to uh, we had to earn our own way. And uh, I look back on those days, and uh, I think that was I think that was very good for me because it, it made me appreciate, especially later on, that uh, hey, you have to if you want to make it in life, you got to work hard. So that was my first job, and, and, and others. I don't think I, I've asked you, where are you from? Well, actually, I was born in West Virginia, and uh, Appalachia. We uh, we were very poor back then. My dad was a railroader, and uh, somehow we migrated uh, up to Peru, Indiana. And uh, that's where I went to uh, basically uh, most of Catholic grade school and then high school there. But that's where, that, that's where I spent my boyhood days before I went on to uh, – uh, technical school and college. I can't imagine many kids um, thinking technical school or architecture mm-hmm. back then. So where did that come from? I enjoyed that class in high school. We had we had four years at the high school level. And I guess I maybe inherited some of the traits. My, my mother was an artist. She did, she did uh, uh, quite a bit of artistic work. And my, my, uh, my dad, of course, was a railroader. But to make ends meet with four kids, he also uh, uh, worked in the construction business, built garages, and uh, I helped him do that. So it was another one of my jobs. Uh, it was never much free time. I think I just put those two together and uh, had some of those traits. And as I tell the kids here today, you know, oftentimes you look back at grandma, grandpa, mom, and dad, and you know, if they're good at this, well, chances are maybe you are too. So that's how I got into uh, 
you know, into the uh, architectural world. And uh, I went on and, you know, here I am. Well, so being an architect and mm-hmm. teaching are mm-hmm. two different things. Right. Um, at what point did teaching come into play? Is that the, the legendary uh, interview with Ex- Father Schmidt? Exactly. I okay. had no intention whatsoever, uh, no intention whatsoever of ever becoming a teacher. Uh, I had a uh, I had a, an internship all lined up, uh, all lined up that is, and uh, and then our story begins. Kevin Bonich was our first guest on, uh-huh. the, on the podcast. And, yeah, and, uh, I had him in class for four years. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going through, and, and we're talking about different things. And I, I mentioned the Jim Ratliff interview on in the front lobby or the front porch, and, and he was not aware of that. And so I kind of went into it, and then we we decided to edit that out because. That's a Jim Ratliff story, <laughs> and it's a great story. It's a great story. So go ahead and tell it. Well, I hope it's the same story. <laughs> uh, I've heard different versions. Um, actually, one of my professors at school um, was, uh, had it not been for him, I'm sure I wouldn't be here today. Uh, I had a lot of respect for him, and um, it was, uh, gee, school was nearly out. In fact, I think it was very close to being out that time of year because I started, uh, I think, about maybe the second week in April of 1966. And Professor King asked me, he said, you know, Jimmy says, I've got a friend. He knew Father Kitchen. i got a friend over at, over at uh, Chartrand High School, and he says, he's in desperate need of someone to help finish up the year. And I said, so why are you talking to me? And he said, <laughs> he said well, he said, uh, I know you're a Catholic. Uh, he says, I've known you for quite some time, and uh, uh, I just thought maybe uh, you might be interested in going in there and uh, and give him a hand. And I said, I said, Professor King, I said, and be a teacher? And he said, well, you know, just go over and help him out. He says, they've had some problems over there. They, they've already been through two drafting teachers this year. And I don't know if the kids have run them off or what have you, but uh, they need somebody to finish up. And I said, oh, okay. He says, why don't you think about it? I said, okay. So he asked me the very next day. He says, Jim, what do you think about it? I said, well, so for him, because I had so much respect for him, I said, Professor King, I, I will go over to, to uh, Chartrand High School and, and, and talk with him. He said, I think, I think you should. I think you really should. Okay, I'll do that. So I came over, drove over on a Saturday morning and uh, met Father Schmidt on the front step. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a very long interview at all. And uh, uh, Father says, well, his, his, I'll never forget what he says. Jimmy says, Will you please help us out? <laughs> he was begging. He was begging. Yes. And, and uh, he he took me into school. And I think we had maybe a 10-minute interview, if yeah. that. Really never asked me much about my credentials or anything. And uh, You were a warm body. I was just a warm body. <laughs> just somebody to fill the space for the rest of the school year, about yeah. six weeks maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, he gave me a book and said uh, – Jim, can you can you come in Monday? I said this was on a Saturday. I said, well, blah, 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 blah. well, I've got some I got some things to take care of. Well, we need you on Monday. He said, would you do that? And I said, well, let me think about it. And he said, well, you know, he said we we desperately need somebody for Monday. I said, okay, I'll be in on Monday. And again, I didn't want to let Professor King down because I respected him so much. So I'll be in on Monday. So I came in on Monday. Uh, I had no idea what it was going to do. Uh, so it just. Uh, I think it just happened. It just happened. And uh, the first day of school, um, introduced myself to all the kids there. Um, <laughs> and back then, uh, we had some, we had some roughnecks around back then too. I remember one boy walked in and he had a t-shirt on <laughs> and had a pack of cigarettes wrapped up in each sleeve. 
But um, it, it, it was interesting. It was interesting. Like I said, that 10-minute interview uh, went very quickly. And um, I told I told Ben Father Kitchen on that Monday morning. I did meet with him finally on that. I think it was after school. I said, Father, I said, much you know, I said, you know, I've got an internship lined up here. I'm going to, you know, I'm, going, I'm into architecture. I said, yeah, I know you are. And he says, I said, well, that's, you know, I just wanted you to know that. So I'm just basically here just to, you know, to help things out a little bit. He said, well, that's fine. He said, just see how it goes. So one thing led to another and uh, got to working with the kids. And I thought, well, this is, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I, these are great kids. I enjoy doing this type of work. I enjoy showing them things and this and that. So. I guess it was toward the end of the, maybe about, after I was there about maybe five weeks, Father says, called me and said, Jimmy says, what do you think about coming on full time next year? <laughs> and I said, I, 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 I really haven't thought too much about that. I said, it's been, a, it's, it's been, it's actually, it's been a lot of fun what I've been doing, but I said, you know, I've got this internship lined up. And I said, you know, architecture is what I've, what I've been studying. And I said, uh, he said, well, why don't you think about this? He says, can you do both? And I said, both? And he says, yeah, I said, maybe you could work something out. We could do part-time, and, you know, you got a lot of time off here with the summers and all. And I said, well, I never thought of that. So I went to work in my uh, during the summer and started with my architectural work. And um, one thing led to another where Father kept calling me a couple times during the summer, Jim. Uh, have you made up your mind yet? Have you made up your We don't have anybody left. We don't have anybody to, pull, you know, to come in. So finally, I said, Father, I've got it worked out here. I can still do my work here. I can do part-time. And... I'll come in and try it for a year. And the rest is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. So you start as at Chartrand as an instructor. Right. Your family's in Peru. Mm-hmm. Are your, your mom and dad, are they thrilled that you have a job? Uh, my mom uh, was, was very, very happy that uh, I was uh, working in a Catholic atmosphere. Yeah. My mom was a, a very religious lady. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I told her about what I was doing, uh, she she was really thrilled. My dad, on the other hand, thought, well, you know, son, uh, you know, we've never had a whole lot, and uh, the reason you go to school is to make some money. He said, you're not going to make a whole lot of money there. And I said, well, I said, I know, but I've got some things worked out where I can do part-time. So he was okay with it, but uh, most of my ma, she was, uh, yeah. she, she, was, she was the one who just really, really helped me uh, move on, move yeah. on. I sense that was pretty important to you. It, your mom's it was. It, it was very. It was very important to me, and uh, uh, you know, I obviously uh, being around Father Kitchen and uh, Father Schmidt, uh, I really enjoyed them, mm-hmm. and 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 they were uh, uh, just real good people, and it was a, just a good atmosphere. And, and I think they were they were really happy that um, I was there to at least quell all the problems they'd had the year before. <laughs> so, right. So anyway, it just it just sort of it just came natural. At any point early on, did you think this is it for me, um, or was this going to be a, just a year and you were going to go off and do something else? Um, no, I uh, I think after that, after I got started, uh, even that you know that that would be in the fall of '67. I finished up in '66. Um, I just uh, I, I just I just kind of knew, uh, and I think the Lord had a lot to do with that. I really, mm-hmm. I look back and I really think he did because I, I think, I think I, that, that, that was maybe my path that he intended me to, uh, uh, to, to, to go on. So, uh, no, really when I, when I started that, that, uh, that fall, I, I was excited and, uh, I've never really considered the job ever since. So two years later, there's turmoil. There is turmoil. And I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. Sure. But 
you were there. I was and there. And as I mentioned before in the intro, you are one of the few people that bridged the gap between both schools. Right. In March of the spring of 69, things come out that uh, Chartrand, Chartrand's days may be numbered. Um, what was that like for you? In thinking back on those days, um, we were all we were all shocked, really, in a sense, um, because no one knew uh, no one really knew where they were going to go or what they would do with their with their careers. Uh, that really didn't bother me, in a sense, because I had something else I could do. Right. Uh, so I wasn't too concerned about that. But I I had just uh, I'd been married then, just the December before that. So my wife and I thought, well, if things don't work out, well, we'll just uh, we'll just do something else. So really, uh, that part that part of the transition, uh, it was it was scary for many people, but for me, like I said, I said, well, if it happens, it happens. Whatever, whatever. They don't want me here anymore. I've certainly got something else to do. I haven't been here that long, so it's not a big deal to change careers. But I hope not because I really enjoy this. Um, but I didn't find the transition for me uh, that difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing that again, I there was other things I could do, but I enjoyed the people that came over. And yeah. uh, in fact, uh, their head football coach uh, also was their drafting teacher at uh, at uh, uh, Sacred Heart. Right. So uh, got to know him fairly well, John and, Meredith. John Meredith. Yeah. Yes, John. And we worked together, and um, John, I think, was just there maybe uh, maybe another year or so, right. and that, and then he decided he decided to move on. But really, the transition for me wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't that big a deal for many people. It was right. uh, there was friction, a lot of friction between who's going to do this, who's going to be head of that, who's going to be head of this. And back then, I was coaching. Uh, let's see, I think I was coaching cross country and uh, and uh, JV baseball. So for uh, Chartrand, uh, for Chartrand, and then when Ron Cal- when Ron Colley was uh, founded, did you continue to coach I did, I, at I, that I, level? I did. I coached the uh, JV team for a couple more years. Uh, we had another gentleman come in who was who had had quite a bit of experience uh, as a head coach. So he uh, he was our head coach for f- for a few years. Don't remember exactly how many. It was just for a few. Pete Gill. Oh, Pete Gill. Come to think of that was Pete. Wow. Yeah. So that's a name. Yeah, uh, I like Pete. Yes. He, he, he was quite a character. But he and I became very, very good friends. Worked with him in baseball, and then when he left, then uh, then, then I took over. Fifty-three years. You are a mainstay here at thirty-three hundred Prague Road. Um, respected to the nth degree by your past students. What point in time did the department start to excel? Well, back then. We had a, an enrollment of around maybe 600 students. I, I think back then we just had, I think we had maybe two years, two years of drafting, architectural drawing and basic engineering drawing. And I also taught shop. Okay. I taught shop for a number of years. So combining both together, I, I ran the entire department because it was myself. Right. And then as we, as we expanded, got a little bit larger, um, we did hire someone else then to, uh, to take over the shop. And uh, I kind of miss those days too, because I really, you know, I really enjoyed building things. It went along with architecture and what I do. So that, to me, that was, that was a lot of fun to work with the shop guys. Mm-hmm. But when we got a little bit larger, why I, I couldn't do ten, eleven classes a day. So right. we hired someone else to do our shop. And then I think at that time, uh, I just devoted my entire career then to our drafting program. And I think that's probably when we when we started to uh, to move along. And, and we just had quite a few kids that were interested. 
I, I think when I took it alone, when that's that's all I was doing besides coaching, that's the only thing I was teaching. I was able to expand on it even more, and uh, bring in some uh, uh, national contests and, and some local contests, and that kind of inspired the kids to uh, to do well or to want to be involved right. in our program. So that's, I think that's when it got. I think that's when it got started with the um, with the advent of the computer and CAD mm-hmm. systems, mm-hmm. how did that change or, or how, how has your teaching method changed? They do teach computer, of course, over, over at Ball State, have for quite some time. But they, uh, I remember them always telling me, you know, don't change your program too much and don't go completely to computer-aided drafting because that's not where the kids really learn things. They use it as a, we use it as a tool over here, but he says, if you can keep teaching the basics here and then, and just expand on that and be, be more like a construction drafting, learn how, learn the size of a concrete block, learn the size of a two by four, learn spans for joists that, that cover uh, foundation plans. That's the kind of thing that, that we think we should learn at your level. And then we'll proceed with the computer. So, but, but certainly uh, the computer is fine if you'd like to work with it. So we kind of gradually got into it. Yeah. So to, even today, uh, we're, about, we're about 50-50. Yeah. We still spend, uh, our first year, we spend just, just years, um, the entire year, just, just real basic hands-on type work. Getting and some sweat on your brow. Getting some sweat on the brow. Yeah, <laughs> getting some sweat on the brow, and and then uh, after the kids uh, after the kids catch on after they've drawn a a couple sets of plans, uh, we move them over in the computer and, uh, and and they just they just excel at that. Yeah. In fact, I could go home. I wouldn't even need to be there because <laughs> they just they don't just, tell Chuck. <laughs> I won't tell him that. But but they but they just understand more uh, when they have the eye hand coordination and. Uh, we have lectures that you know we'll, we'll talk all day about a concrete block, how it's made, and so on and so forth. So we we do we do things like that, mm-hmm. and, and I think I think that's what I think when when they get when so many of our kids do go to college, uh, Ball State and Cincinnati. You know they have they have a you know when when they start talking about a wall section, and the instructors start about a wall section or a transverse section, our kids will know what they're talking about. Right. So that that's how you learn. Yeah, that's how you learn. We're going to take a quick break. And sure. listen to a message to our from our sponsors, and we'll be back. And we're going to talk about uh, some of our alumni, okay? And uh, maybe not specifically, but some of the projects that we've done at Ron Colley and how you've been involved in that. So okay. we'll be back in just a minute. Rebel Five is sponsored by Steve's Flowers and Gifts for the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas. Steve's Flowers and Gifts have exactly what you're looking for for your next special occasion. Call Steve's Flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to the Rebel 5 Podcast. Today's guest, Jim Ratliff. Jim, thanks for being here today. Really appreciate you uh, Pleasure. sharing some stories from, from the very beginning of Ron Colley High School. Um, I started high school here in, in 1977. I was a freshman that year. My sophomore year, I took drafting. I wasn't smart enough to take <laughs> it for more than one year. Mm-hmm. Um, always heard uh, your department referred to as the division. The division, yeah. Where does that come from? Well, uh, it started, uh, I believe it was for either one year or maybe even two years, and I don't remember the reason, but for, for whatever reason, we had to move our our entire drafting room out to the bus barn. 
and uh, we were ready to go. Of course, uh, back then there was no such thing as air conditioning or what have you. So uh, the, there, the bus barn was actually used as a bus barn. It was used yeah. as a bus barn, and we actually we had half of it, and the other half was just where the buses would pull in. <laughs> and there were and, and there were times there were times that uh, I'd be teaching, and uh, uh, kids would sometimes have their coats on, depending on the season, and. Uh, Every once in a while, when I was talking or we're going through something, suddenly the door would rise. <laughs> and here would come a bus into the barn. And Ray Cooney would probably, usually the guy driving it. And then the uh, door would close. And I remember he said, Jim, hope we're not bothering you. I, oh, no, Ray, no big deal. <laughs> so Ray'd start pull out a hammer and start banging on a bus or getting a dent out or what have you. So we, we just kind of rolled with the punches. And then we were so isolated out there that uh, actually one of the kids actually came up, you know, we're so separate here. You know, maybe we're just our own division. Yes. And uh, if I remember right, that's how that's how we got that name. Okay. Yeah. I, n- I never knew that. Yeah. It's always been out there. Yeah. Um, Long time ago. And you are the captain of the division. I am the captain of the division. And you want to explain that a little bit? Well, um, a boy one day when we were when we were having class, for whatever reason, said, you know, Mr. Ratliff, you run a tight ship. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, yeah, I think we have to. I think we have to run a tight ship to get the job done. He says, well, you know, he says, on a ship, he says, you know, you, we usually have a captain. And I said, usually? Yeah. I said, we need to start calling you the captain. <laughs> and I said, oh, he, and the boy said, do you object to that? I said, well, I, I guess not. I said, that's, that's a fair name, I suppose. <laughs> so from that day on, it was the, the captain. captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never, yeah. That's, that's great. Because yeah. I'm sure many of our listeners will get a kick out of that, even though I took your class just one year. Yes. It, it, it was, man, that was a great class. I, I, I have a little bit of a construction background. Uh-huh. I know you do. Um, you know, you mentioned concrete blocks in the last oh, segment, oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. I know a little bit about those. So it all, it's all good. It's all, all good, good stuff. Uh, moving ahead. Sure. Um, in the last 25 years, Ron Colley has raised, I don't know, 30-plus million dollars for capital campaign projects. Sure. We built a, uh, the 97 wing. We added 12 classrooms. We did the fine arts wing, um, the bubble gym, on and on and on. And all those projects, with the exception of our most recent project, have involved one of your students right. designing those projects. Right. Talk a little bit about what that means to you. These are real-world experiences. These are your students, mm-hmm. and there are bricks-and-mortar examples of what you've done in the last 53 years on our campus. What's that mean to you? Well, um, I guess I've never I guess I never really thought too much about that. Um, I know when word got out that uh, we, were, we were going to expand and do this and that, um, the three individuals that, that, that actually worked on the additions uh, found out about what was going on and uh, or, or, or what the future was to hold there. So um, they, um, they got involved. They contacted the school, as far as I remember. It's been a while ago now, but they contacted, well, you know, gee, we had drafting. Uh, you know, we, we've been part of Ron Colley for a while. So I'd, I'd, love, I'd love for our firm to be, uh, to be involved and say uh, th- this new, uh, uh, you know, this new addition. And uh, so then I found out about it, of course, and, uh, and and of course I was very very proud of the uh, you know the individuals who uh, you know, again happened on three different occasions, three different expansions. Uh, 
I was very, very pleased, very happy that they had uh, gone on and, uh, and, and used some of the skills that I had taught them. And, uh, yeah, it made me feel that, made me feel very, very good that, uh, uh, you know, that maybe we, we were doing something that, uh, that was beneficial down there in the division. Well, I've been around Ron Colley for a long, long time. I've never had anybody say a disparaging word about Jim Ratliff and all of the things that you've contributed to our school for the last 50 plus years um, is unique to, to be in one place for that long and to be known for your excellence is certainly um, unprecedented, I would think. There is one thing, however, that most recent grads, um, even alumni from, I don't know, I'd say 20, 25 years ago, don't know about you. And um, so I was doing some research uh, recently, and um, in our gym, our present gym, there are banners hanging. There sure. are about six, 60 uh, sectional championships uh, for our boys' programs. Right. There are about 90 sectional champions for our girls' programs. So but roughly about 150 sectional championships over the course of 50 years. But there's only one first sectional championship and that was your baseball team in 1976 you are a head baseball coach you won our very very first ron collie sectional championship talk a little bit about that that was fun we had a we had a great group of guys that year and uh you know our school wasn't that large back then and uh so it seemed like we were always short a player or two we either had great pitching or we had great fielding uh uh, great hitters, but we never had a little combination of everything. But one year, we did seem to put it together, and uh, we did go down there at Southport, and we did win that first sectional. And uh, it was uh, it, it was very exciting for 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 not only me but especially the kids because they knew they knew that that was the first time that anyone had ever won a sectional in anything at Ron Colley High School. Uh, but, but I mean, you know, when, when I think back about that, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun being with those guys. They, they had, they all had the camaraderie to, uh, uh, to just work together. I think back then we maybe only had a dozen baseballs for the entire season. <laughs> you played in the field. I we, mean, we, oh yeah, we played out here in the field and when the ball, when we, during practice, when the ball would go back up in the woods, what we'd have to stop and go get the ball. <laughs> those were the days. Yeah. Not much of a budget. Not much of a budget, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Uh, I remember we had a pitching machine that uh, that we we finally got a hold of, and uh, uh, I had to run the wire all the way from the field all the way to the school. And I remember uh, Father Schmidt came out one day and said, "Oh, we can't, we can't have this. We can't, we we can't have this cord going up this way. It's it just it's in the way. People will trip will trip over." So we didn't have that machine for long. <laughs> It was it was a lot of fun. I still see I still see those guys around today, and they still they don't call me Mr. Ratliff. It's just always Coach. Coach. It's just always Coach. Yeah. And and we just, we just had some uh, we had some we just had some some good times. We enjoyed playing baseball. We really enjoyed, and I think that that helped us. That helped us. We had a great year that year, but it, it was a lot of fun. It was just it was simply a lot of fun. It was, yeah. it was a pleasure to work with those kids back then. Anybody that knows you well at all um, knows your affinity for the Cleveland Indians. Mm. Yes. Um, you want to talk about the Cleveland Indians? My dad was a railroader, and uh, we lived up in, of course, up in uh, north central Indiana. And back then, um, he would get he would get passes on the trains, and uh, 
there were a couple different occasions that uh, he and I would, uh, uh, I was the oldest, so uh, we'd go up to, uh, the trains ran, you know, either Chicago or they run up uh, around Lake Erie through Cleveland. So for whatever reason, we went up that way for one weekend. It was, it was really it was really a big deal for me because, yeah. you know, in a small town, you didn't, you didn't do a whole lot as far as, it, I call it adventure. So we went up to their stadium and, uh, and, and saw the Indians play. And uh, and then a little later on, we went up to see the Browns play, and um, I did that I did that a couple of times, maybe two or three times. We did that, and just kind of uh, enjoyed the the Chief Wahoo symbol, <laughs> and uh, followed uh, just started following him, yeah. and uh, just never uh, never really changed. So uh, probably not a very good reason to vote for the same <laughs> club all the time. But uh, and back then those were, those were lean years for the tribe. But uh, I just kind of related to those right. guys, kind yeah. of related to them. And, yeah. and, and of course, I, when I played Little League, uh, I played on the, the Indians. Oh, so, of course. Uh, of course. Yes. So that, uh, not that that had an effect on it, but right. it kind of all came together. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to take our last break. We're going to come back, and uh, I'm going to ask you the Rebel 5 questions, and okay. we'll uh, take some, uh, some final thoughts from there, and uh, we'll finish up. Rebel 5 is sponsored by Steve's Flowers and Gifts. For the best and freshest flowers in Indianapolis and surrounding areas, Steve's Flowers and Gifts have exactly what you're looking for. For your next special occasion, call Steve's Flowers at 800-742-9359. Welcome back to the Rebel 5 Podcast with... Jim Ratliff today. Jim, thanks again for being here. Uh, before we get into the Rebel 5 questions, uh, I would be uh, wrong and remiss if I did not mention our national championship winning drafting program. Mm-hmm. We've won 12 national championships. Right. That's insane. That's an insane number. Um, I'm sure no one comes close to that. Talk a little bit about that since that program. Uh, I'm not sure when it came out, but we've been involved in it since 1992. Uh, I think it was since 1990. Okay, since 1990. Yeah, yeah, and we've won. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to uh, have 12 uh, national winners. It, it, it's rather it's rather uh, difficult to get to that level. Um, the uh, the students uh, are given a uh, a project uh, sponsored by the uh, uh, National Association of Women in Construction, which is a uh, a national, uh, uh, I wouldn't say franchise, but a national uh, group of ladies that are engineers, architects, designers, and they they come up with a with a different assignment every year for for high school students that are preferably in their fourth year. It takes a little over a semester to complete a complete set of plans for say, uh, gee, we've done. Uh, We've done office buildings. We've done dental offices. We've done banks. We've done we've done large residential buildings. We're given that information at the beginning of the school year. Uh, we then uh, uh, work on that as a group. Uh, everybody does their own thing, and there's a lot of competition there because the kids uh, uh, the kids want to want to do well in that. So they have to uh, they have to compete then against kids in Central Indiana. And if we would win that, then we have to compete with kids from different chapters of the association in, say, uh, what we call the Great Lakes uh, region, uh, Michigan, Illinois, the the surrounding states, if you're able to win that one, 
Then your drawing goes on, and there's usually about 12 or 13 left for the national competition. And then if we're lucky to win that, then then we win it. So we yeah we've won we've won that twelve times, but we also had uh, we've also had people come in second right. and third a couple of times right. as well. I even have freshmen come in and say sometime, uh, gee, I'd really like to get involved in that. And I said, well, uh, you got a long way to go. <laughs> but I said fourth year fourth yeah. year we do that. Pull your bootstraps. And- yeah, but it's a lot of work. Takes a lot of work. Takes a lot of dedication. Uh, you got to have a tremendous work ethic in order to, to have the tenacity to last that program. Uh, we have a lot. We have to. Uh, we do a lot of outside work. Um, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. But uh, each one, each one of those awards. Uh, of course, we have plaques in our room of each of each student that that have that's won that. And each one of those is, is just very very special to me because it was so special to them. Right. And they would also get a uh, get a large. Uh, a monetary gift, right. which was always helpful to them. I've still been waiting for one of the one of the winners though to come back and uh, offer to take me down to uh, a steakhouse, but that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> they usually use their money for college. Yes, yes, as well they should, as well as they should. But uh, that, uh, yeah, each one each one was very very special to me, and uh, uh, they always will be, always will be. Well, and what's interesting is there have been at least I know two females. Oh yeah. That that have won that, yes. not to be uh, oh yeah pigeonhole anybody anywhere, but right. that's that's even that's pretty impressive. Well, the girls, uh, you know, the girls just norm uh, usually there to, to begin with. They're, they're usually quite a bit neater than yeah. say, say the guys, and uh, but the boys, the boys, uh, you know, they catch up. But uh, yeah, the girls have have great ideas as well. They you know they, uh, they they bring in they bring in different thoughts to the uh, to the problem. Uh, you know sometimes they think a little differently than the boys do. And yeah, it's it's great to have the girls. In yeah. fact, uh, in fact, I enjoy having it. it just brings a different uh, you know in industry today. Um, uh, architectural firms really really pursue young ladies because right. they have different ideas. Uh, they think a little differently, and that's that's what it should yeah. be about. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the Rebel 5 questions. Okay. In another life, what would you want to be or do? To be or do? Um, well, actually, I'm very, very, I'm very, very happy with what I've done, what I've done here. I feel like it's, what, it's where, the, where the Lord led me, but I've thought about that. Um, uh, my wife and I, of course, over the years, uh, since she was affiliated with the, with the airline industry for so long, we've, we've been fortunate enough to do quite a bit of traveling, and... Um, I think one of my favorite places to go is is probably the far South Pacific. We've been down that way a few times, and I think if I if I didn't if it wasn't doing this, I think I'd probably like to own and operate a resort maybe down around Tahiti or, or yeah, Fiji. sure, yeah, I'd like to do that. <laughs> that 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 would be that that would be something that I would like to do. That, would, that <laughs> sounds pretty appealing. <laughs> yeah. What is the funniest thing that has happened to you recently? I do have a story. I do, and and some people don't believe this story. Okay, but believe me, it it did happen. Um, it was it was a few years ago. Um, it was back before we actually had air conditioning in the high school, and uh, it would be in, it would usually be in the one fact it was in it was in the uh, what in the fall, and uh, the windows were usually open in the cafeteria, and uh, we'd always have flies that would come in, and uh, the, <laughs> and I saw the kids down there how they'd take their hands and sort of slide them across the table and catch a fly, shake it up, and slam it against the table. I'm familiar with that. You're familiar with that. Okay. Well, I was standing outside my classroom one day there waiting for a class to show up, and 
Here comes a gentleman walking down the hallway, and he had a small, very thin little piece of, uh, not wire, but thread. And he had that hooked around the neck of a large horsefly. And the horsefly was flying, and he was just holding the string, and he was coming right toward my room. And, and, and I still remember the guy's name. And I thought, what in the world? And he says, Mr. Ratliff, what do you think of my pet fly? <laughs> and I thought, uh, I don't know. And he says, well, he said, uh, can I bring him into my room? I said, sure, bring him on in. So I said, well, let's take him over and uh, so it won't disturb the class. And let's put him over in my office, which was adjacent to the drafting room. So we went over there and... Um, we, uh, I got a piece of tape and gave the and gave the uh, gave the horsefly about a four inch radius, and I taped it to my desk. And I said, "Okay, okay, Doug." I said, "Let's just leave him here." And we'll, and he says, "Yeah." I said, "And you can pick him up after class." <laughs> <laughs> True story. So class began. We had class, what have you. Well, during class, I walked over to my room and I was going through. I was picking up a number of books. And uh, for whatever reason, I didn't even think I was moving books around. I was looking for a certain book. So class ended, and Doug walked in and says, Mr. Adams, can I get my pet fly? And I said, well, sure, sure, sure. So I looked over, and he says, Mr. Ratliff. <laughs> and there was just about two inches of string showing, and a book was covering the rest. He says, you killed my pet fly. And I said, oh, Doug, I'm so sorry. He says, it's all right. I'll catch another one. <laughs> And that That's that persistence that 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 was that was a true story. But to see yes. him walking down the hall, just with that fly, a huge horse fly, it's 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 a story. It's a story I will never forget. It's a, I'll never forget that. That's there's others one. too. That's but a that's, good one. That's, that's 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 probably my favorite. That's a good one. Yeah. Favorite time or place where you've run into a Ron Colley person? A few years ago, my my wife and I ran into uh, one of my former students at the airport in Shannon, Ireland. <laughs> We did. That's crazy. We did. We did. And, and I don't. I don't remember what he was doing. We were coming back from vacation there, and uh, I ran. He was on business, and uh, That's neat. he. He. I, I was thinking, walking through this the small terminal there, Mister Ratliff. So, we we met. We met there. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that was that was one time. Revelation was two or three weeks ago, uh-huh. and so it's winding down, and sure. you're out in the lobby, you're talking to somebody. And a couple of guys in the band uh, came up to me and said, "They said, hey, is that is that Mr. Ratliff?'" I said, "Yeah,", yeah. and and they were they were afraid to go up to you because I don't know, but I said, "Yeah, I'm sure he'd he'd love to talk sure. to you." You know, and so I remember I, that. I I said, "I'll take you over there." You know, it's like they're two years old; they're sixty years old. Yeah, and they were so enamored with. Mr. Rattler. Oh, no. Yes. I, I enjoyed talking to him. In yeah. fact, I remember having them both in class. Oh, absolutely. Great yeah. guys. Yeah. All right, moving on. What do you wish you could tell your younger self? Just just be, uh, I suppose, be be happy in life. Uh, enjoy living. Enjoy working with other people. Um, and hopefully uh, uh, staying out of trouble. <laughs> um, I'm not sure what else, but uh, I think th- those are the main things. Uh, uh, maybe just to be a uh, a good example, yeah. especially for uh, young people. I've always I've always tried to do that. I've always tried to be a good example for the younger kids. That's one thing I remember when I met with uh, with Father Kitchen. Remember uh, after I'd been there for a few days, he or maybe it was a few weeks, he called me in and said, "Jimmy says I've been going to hear things about you." I said, "Well, well, good." And he says, "You know," he says, "In order to be a good teacher, 
He said, uh, you know, first of all, he said, um, you've got to know your material inside and out. And he says, I think you know that. And I said, well, I hope so. And he said, you've got to know your material inside and out. He says, and you can't teach above the kid's level. You have to teach so they can understand what you I said, yeah, I said, I, I agree. He says, and he says, you've got to be fair. No matter what you do, you've got to be fair. And lastly, you've got to have patience. And sometimes lots of it. Yeah. And I still remember those words. Yeah. I still remember those words. I'd like to thank you today for being part of the Rebel 5 podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, there are very few people who can tell the story from the beginning to the end, and, mm. and you're one of them. I want to thank you for your contributions over the years and uh, for being a big part of, of so many kids' educations and careers. And uh, so thank you. Thank you very much, Gary. It's a pleasure being with you. I'm Gary Armbruster, and thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Rebel 5 Podcast. To find out more information about the podcast, please visit 50.roncolli.org forward slash podcast.php. Again, thanks so much for joining us today, and until next time, we'll fight ahead. Thank you.